Welcome to Decoding Superhuman. This show is a deep dive into obsessions with health, performance, and how to elevate the human experience. I explore the latest tools, science, and technology with experts in various fields of human optimization. This is your host, Boomer Anderson. Enjoy the journey. All right. So we have a special edition of the podcast today. We're doing something a little bit different. And so just to kind of orient people, this is a three-way podcast, not to be confused with other things. But uh, we're going to jump into many different topics today. And the reason I'll, I'll get into who is on the show in a second, but the reason why I wanted to have this type of podcast is because the two people that I'm staring at right now in video and I were supposed to be in Portugal about this week together. Um, but due to unforeseen global pandemics, uh, we couldn't make that happen. And so this is a little bit of a virtual hangout. I would have preferred to have done this over a fireplace near a beach, but we'll just call this sort of fireside chat, if you will. And so Mads, Dasha, welcome to the show. Thank you, Boomer. All right, so the audience doesn't know you guys yet. Well, maybe they do, um, and I don't want to make any assumptions. And so rather than me recording an introduction to both of you before all of this, I want to kind of do a little do do in terms of introducing each other. And so I don't know. Who wants to go first, and who do you want to introduce? <laughs> I'll go first. Um Okay. So I would like to introduce everybody to Maz Fries. Uh, he is a biohacker, as everybody on this podcast is going to be. Um, he is a whirlwind adventurer, a kite surfer, a entrepreneur, uh, has helped a number of different companies get off the ground, and um, is somebody that I think both Boomer and I often go to to pepper with questions about different business ideas as well as different biohacking tips and tricks. Um, he is based in Copenhagen um, and is somebody that I think of as a, as Tigger because he's always extremely, extremely positive. Um, always positive. Right. It's kind of annoying. <laughs> Thanks, Dasha. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll go next. So Dasha Maximoff. Uh, the Russian tycoon. And, you know, let's introduce Dasha. How do I know Dasha? I know Dasha through a number of different people, mutual friends. Actually, there's one mutual friend who's connected us all, and that's Scott. Um, but Dasha Maximov, founder of Wealth.Community. Uh, how do I describe you? Uh, you know, entrepreneur, looking to really just open up doors that were not previously available or or open um, and discover and really disse disseminate information around women's health. And so Dasha is an entrepreneur. She's a very good friend. I think both Mads and I go to her uh, for sometimes emotional support, um, but also just to, uh, you know, share different ideas, etc. cetera. So uh, she's the best soundboard I know. And so Dasha, thank you for being here today. Honored. So thank you so much for listening in today. I got the great pleasure of introducing Boomer Anderson. If you haven't heard about Boomer already, you've been missing out. 
Boomer has a really cool background in banking, so he knows something about business and so on. He then discovered and used all of his talents to get into health and help people with their high performance. He doesn't always call it health, but call it performance once in a while, but he's actually really deep into <laughs> health. There's more legal issues why he calls it, calls it that. <laughs> Boomer is also into nootropics, you know a lot about that, so he's my sounding board for what to do for top mental performance. He runs the successful podcast, Decoding Superhuman, the podcast you want to listen to when you want to learn something about optimizing your performance. So it's basically, if you haven't heard it before, then that's the one you need to subscribe to now. It should be down below when you're listening to this, so you can subscribe to this uh, this podcast. I would highly recommend that. And apart from that, then Boomer is a stand-up guy that is always fun to talk to. I always have fun when I talk to Boomer. Um, it makes me happy. So uh, that's one of the things I focus on. People that have amazing energy and makes me smile and that I can learn something something from as well. So uh, Boomer, thank you so much for inviting me. This is going to be fun, guys. So uh, just to get lay out the, uh, give people the lay of the land of the podcast, if you will. Uh, today is going to be a little bit different, sort of a fireside chat. And I like to ask random questions. And so I have here next to me what is a baseball cap full of questions. And so today we're going to play a little game. We're going to do something like the Harry Potter sorting hat, draw a question, and then we'll volley it back and forth. Uh, at any appropriate time, we may kill the question and move on to the next one, or we may just go down another wormhole because naturally when the three of us get together, uh, it probably will go down a few wormholes. So if it's okay with you guys, I'm going to draw one question out of the hat or I can seed one. What do you guys want? Should I go right to the hat or should I go with my first question? What do you think? Hat. Hat? Okay. Uh, we're going to need a drum roll. So Roy, Roy listening to this is going to give us a drum roll. Okay. So first question is... Da, 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 da. Oh, wow. This is a hell of a way to start. What does a cheat day look like for you? And this is a health podcast, uh, health optimization podcast, but in the interest of being completely open, transparent, and you know, opening the kimono, what does a cheat day look like for you guys? Do you want to start, Dash? Um, <clears throat> so I have a sweet tooth, a big sweet tooth. Uh, I have been actually trying to, to pull back from that. So I think I'm on day... 60 or something like that, or the 75 hard thing. And really the only thing that's hit or has stuck is removing sugars. So, um, but it's very difficult. So probably I would just go nuts on all things sugar, probably a brownie, probably um, one of those little French custard things, um, and then definitely some wine or some alcohol. Um, I think those are my big vices, probably the the sugar and the alcohol. Um yeah, I think that would be my choice. So on the 75 hard thing, I have to ask, like, did you notice, have you noticed any difference since you've you've been off of sugar for 60 days, yeah. so added sugar, presumably? Um, have you noticed any sort of difference in your day-to-day? Less cravings, honestly. Um, the first couple of weeks were, were really bad, were really annoying. Um, it's just, it's such a habit, right, of... Uh, I have one piece of chocolate a day or I have something sweet at the end of the day at the um, and it's a reward, which is, and I think one of our mutual friends, Kiki, she always talks about disturbing the com- comfort, right? And there's that element, I think, as well of whatever you're comfortable with, whatever is a habit, what if you take it and if you break it for a bit and see what happens? So I think for me, the 
it's more the mental aspect of I'm conquering something that's uncomfortable. Um, I do from a from a women's health perspective. I have seen that my um, any cramps or anything like that to do with menstruation have completely ceased. Nice. So sugar has been a really big one for for that. Beautiful, Mads. Do you go to Noma on your off days? Because you live in a town with a lot of really good restaurants. We do have a lot of really good restaurants, and I actually haven't been to Noma yet. Something I've been missing out on. Okay. So actually, for me, a cheat day. Um, so an annoying answer is kind of like, I don't see it as cheat days. I think the whole language that we use about uh, our health and so on is extremely important. Um, so calling it a cheat day also tells you you're doing something wrong, right? So I would say mm-hmm. like some of those non-optimal days in regards to food for me are the social ones. So many of my friends already think I'm a freak because I do so many of these biohacking things. Um, and also in regards to my how I eat. But I would say like if I'm out with uh, some friends and so on and like what's available at a restaurant, it might not be what I think is optimal. It could be a lot of pasta or potatoes or something else. I will eat that. Or if I'm at a social gathering where it's, where it's kind of appropriate to be, uh, to not be the special one, uh, drawing too much attention, that result, that those are also some of the days where I eat something else. So it's, it's basically depending on the social situation for me. Okay. Yeah. So using the term free meal, we can use that. I can yeah. get my head around that. Um, <laughs> but if I had I, to, I, what's that? If I had to take a day with just stuff that I think tastes really good, that are bad. Then we were talking McFlurry for McDonald's. I got that on. <laughs> wow, you just <laughs> you just went from like zero to one hundred. Really annihilated my brownie. <laughs> wow. Okay. But uh, I, yeah, when I was younger, I had an awful diet. Um, so that would be one. And there was actually a social setting. I've been out skydiving with a really good friend. And it was mm-hmm. some of our first jumps. So it was really fun. And on the way home, he wanted to go past McDonald's. Uh, yeah. And the time we did that before that, I was just like, no, I'm good. I'm not going to get anything. This time I took something together with him. We were like celebrating that we passed a few levels of jumping out of a plane. So so it's those kind <laughs> of situations where you're with someone and it's kind of a celebration. And then a, a McFlurry with dime would be very high on that. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, you nearly died, so you had a McFlurry. No spicy chicken sandwich with that. No. Okay. Okay. Cool. I guess it's my turn. Uh, mine would. I was gonna say that when we were walking around Amsterdam, you said no to the one of those waffles. So what's yours? Yeah, strip waffles are amazing, right? Uh, in terms of just for the uninitiated, which I think ninety percent of this podcast is listened to by Americans. So it's like I don't know a cookie with caramel in between. I don't know. Uh, It's delicious. But what is mine? (laughs) So the American abroad, what does the American abroad eat? He goes for the freaking cheeseburger, of course, right? Um, So cheeseburger, glass of wine, that's pretty much it. And sweet potato fries, of course, because God needs carbohydrates. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Um, Anyways, uh, I mean, said, God, I need carbohydrates. Uh, Okay. Any more to add to the free meals that we're now calling. So it. all all of our cheat days were all food based. Yeah. Where you can be anything else. Um, like oh, in terms of life. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. I mean, oh, Mads, do you have anything that you do on your cheat your free days, if you will? Sorry, yeah, I would say alcohol, but that's also food related. Food and beverages, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, most of them are nutritional Hmm. in that sense because 
okay, if I'm not exercising, I'm just resting. And so that's not really part of my, my quote unquote free day, if you will. So I'm thinking, um, for example, some people will just have like Saturday is Netflix and chill day. Don't do any. Ah, is Netflix that, and chill is something else. That's not a cheat day. Well, depending <laughs> on who you're with. A Netflix binge watching day. How about that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the and chill means something else. Fair, fair, if you're fair. you're listening with teenagers, please meet. Sorry. Um, no, it's so, okay. So for you guys, a Saturday Netflix binge, not chill binge um is that in your eyes a cheat day or how do you guys think about that it's a good question i certainly do and i have been known to embrace that sometimes in the past where you just need like a mental break right like we all get there and frankly i call both of you when it happens um and you just kind of i'll either go through um talking to friends all day long which is not a waste of time by any means it's actually a great exercise but it's not, it's take, I'm not working. Um, and, you know, sometimes I will find probably some mindless action TV show that is embarrassing to admit that I watch and I will rip through it if I need a mental break. Dash, how about you? Gosh, why am I admitting this? Um, I watch, <laughs> uh, I watch... Gossip Girl? No, I, wa- <laughs> I go on YouTube and I watch the trailers for movies so i don't watch the whole movie i just watch a bunch of trailers this sounds more like a guilty pleasure i i don't know anyway we can move on from this question it's fine (laughs) okay all right so magic magic hat we're coming back to the magic hat all right oh this is what i thought would be the first question is biohacking a cult go mads see me so, so yes and no. I don't. Well, I don't think it's a cult. I think um, it's a small community, and from the outside, that can seem cultish when it's a small community that's very strong, and it's a, a group of people that believe that they can make a difference for their health and for people around them, um, and they believe in that they can take control of their health a bit more than they might be told by their normal doctors and so on, and that's why from the outside it can be seen more as a cult. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll jump in. All right, so let's look at characteristics of cults, right? So cults, and you can think of what is it Jonestown or a few others. Uh, what do they have? They have charismatic leaders. They have certain sets of rules. Um, they have certain things that you have to buy into. The one that I always think about is Scientology. Um, but you you can see patterns of that within the quote unquote biohacking world, right? So you have your charismatic leaders, some in the United States, some in Europe, various people, right? Uh, You have a certain uniform (laughs) that you need to be wearing in some cases uh, or certain ways that you like to be perceived in order to be a member of the team. And then there's a certain buy-in. So you have to you have to, well, you don't have to, but it's suggested that you try certain technologies, you try various different things, uh, you get naked and go sunshine all over your body, that kind of thing. Uh, those are all very cultish, right? Uh, now, within the community, there are people that just follow that blindly, and that's that's okay, that's for them. Uh, but there are people that kind of look at these characters and say, that's a good idea, but let me... Let me 
expand a little bit more on that. Let me verify that information. So those are the type of the people in the community that I generally tend to hang around with and enjoy spending time with because it's not trust blindly, which I, I believe that there is a fair amount of the community that does. Uh, it's trust but verify. And so there's a, there's a certain percentage of it that I do feel is very cultish. And then there's other parts that I think are very much into the exploration and the betterment of themselves. Yeah, I, I echo what both of you guys say. And I think, um, I mean, we, everything that you said, it's, it's true. It's, and the one thing to add on to it is what do cults usually have? Usually it's a commonality of purpose. Right. And that purpose being that all of us, most of us have some sort of a pain story to have gotten into biohacking. Um, if not a pain story, then at least a a kind of pulling and, and wanting of achievement, either for physical gains or also for fear of not wanting to get worse. Right. Not wanting to have your muscles atrophy or or not have the same stamina that you had when you were 20. So I think from a purpose standpoint. That is a unification for all of us within this biohacking world. I think what I find what I find potentially lacking within biohacking is the evolution of the individual even more so, right? So, so Boomer, kind of what you were just saying, it's you have a number of folks who are in the industry or, or who are the followers, right? And following blindly, which at any point in time, in any cult, if you're following blindly, then then that's that's a no no. You're in a cult. You're in a cult. <laughs> <laughs> so so with that, if if we look at it from that standpoint, then yes, you're just being kind of sheeple that are being led 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 one way or another, and um, and just following whoever has the loudest voice. Um, Gabrielle Lyon says um, you follow the mouse with the microphone, right? Um, which I think is a really interesting metaphor. But I think going back to that purpose, that standpoint, I would where I would love to see biohacking go, and where where I the people that I enjoy really hanging out with, you you both being two of them, is those people who a are not just following blindly, um, and b who are asking what is the purpose of why I'm doing biohacking. It's not because it's I want to try the latest gadget, or I'm just you know, I, I need to inject this or I need to do this because this sounds cool and I want to then have followers or have have people come to me as the, the source of, of, of what my opinion is, right? It's those people who are saying, I want to do biohacking because I want to be the best version of myself. And potentially, I don't need that latest gadget because I'm already good on that front, Right. I don't need, you know, another like my sleep is really good. I don't need another gadget to to play with my sleep. I've already hacked mm-hmm. that. I'm at, now I'm moving on to the next version of evolution, which is, you know, maybe it's the emotional side, maybe it's the relationship side, maybe it's the it's the finding positivity everywhere you go and and taking those moments and saying, Yeah, this is an awesome day. Um yeah. I would say it's it's biohacking. I think is fantastic. I think there is cultishness about it, um, and where I would want it to evolve to is is the truth of what biohacking always was, which is an N of one and not a tribe yeah. mentality. Okay, so you just hinted at something that I want Mads to take a punt at as well. Mads, what's the next step in biohacking? The evolution of biohacking, if you will. 
more people chilling. Seriously, more people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, so that's uh, that, that's fantastic. Uh, but but that's my honest opinion. Like, so I think there's so many amazing things with biohacking, and I think there's definitely different ways of looking at biohacking around the world. Um, different cultures of it, the Scandinavian culture, American culture, and so on. And I think that's a difference there. What I see is a lot of people are getting in and taking more control of their health. They're getting better. But there's kind of there's kind of like this functional medicine and the fun- the functional medicine part of biohacking, and then there's the other part that's more like optimization. And I think a lot of people get into biohacking because they have some kind of disease or some or burnout or something else, and they want to get back to that track. And I th- and I think there's a lot of people that are getting back to the track. And then they kind of became become too fanatic instead of realizing just enjoying life. Like seeing friends as well is a really important thing for being mm-hmm. like healthy and performing optimally. So I think it's relaxing a bit more and then remembering the social part a bit more. In, yeah. in my opinion. You and I have talked you and I have talked about that a lot recently in terms of just how to remember to actually go out and have fun, right? Because I think all of us have multiple careers going on right now. And so it's a very challenging one. All right, sorting that. Next question. Okay, <laughs> we just got done talking about how biohacking is not all about gadgets, but this one's going to be about gadgets. Uh, all right, so what $100 or less purchase has been the best upgrade in your life in the past? Let's call it this year, 2020, which has been an interesting year for all of us. Is it just gadgets? Um, I, could, I mean, tell me where you're going to go with it and I'll say yes or no. <laughs> Exhibit A. I mean, gadgets or supplements or whatever you sure. want to talk about. That's totally fine. Yeah. So what I just showed on screen, if, if people are watching or are not watching, uh, is Kava, Kava Plex. Um, so it comes, I feel like Vanna White, it comes in a little bottle or a little shot. Um, there you go. So Kava, it's, uh, it's been really helpful this past year. So for me, I think like most people in 2020, I've been extremely stressed um, and have not realized that I've been extremely stressed because, um, you know, I'm a biohacker and I'm I'm never stressed. I'm great. Um, so I think, so what Kava does is it it's, it's called Nature Xanax um, and I've been putting it into my coffee in the morning and, um, and I find it to be very focusing and very chilling as well. Um, it's, uh, it's something that, so the owner of the company, Cameron, is, I mean, his story is insane um, how he was able By the time this episode comes out, there's going to be an episode with Cameron as well. Oh, fab. So. Then, then everybody immediately listen to this episode. And then after this episode, go listen to yeah. Cameron. Um, Please don't stop. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't stop this one. Um, yeah, Cameron, he has an incredible story. So um, really, really highly recommend it, especially if it's stress or anxiety, um, anything to do with that. I think that's been my biggest one. Um, and then maybe from a gadget standpoint, um, the Sensate, I really enjoyed that as well. Um, it's this little tiny vibrating, <laughs> this, <laughs> this vibrating bean that you put onto your breastbone. You, you, um, you can go there. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and it really helps what I find it's, it, it helps just kind of calm down my nervous system as well. Um, mm. it has kind of, hit. so is it like the, just trying to make like for like, cause I, I'm familiar with it, but I've never tried it myself. Mm. Um, is it similar to the Apollo, but it's, it's kind of on your chest? Yeah. So it's, it? it's similar 
same, same, but different, um, which is that- <laughs> Nice, the, <laughs> we're shouting out to the listeners in Thailand. <laughs> um, it, so although I find that the Apollo is absolutely incredible for state changes. Um, I used it last year when I was really, really kind of going nuts and I didn't have a lot of sleep. Um, and I found that it helped me be active, be able to be active and social and open and have conversations, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. The Sensate, I find as much, I, I personally use it for the relaxative standpoint. Um, something mm-hmm. about having a device on your breastbone and then the the conduction through, through the bone, um, as well as the music that they have, and that you're lying down uh, and they have this little pillow that goes onto the onto the device itself. So it weighs it down even more. Something about that. So it's not like the arc crystal where you wear it all day long. No, no, it's not. Okay. Mm -mm. Nope. Um, and it's like 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Um, so I, I actually usually stack that with Newcom, um, for a, an amazing nap. So 20 minutes of that Mm -hmm. plus Newcom, um, Newcom's not less than a hundred dollars though. So no, no. So so, so I didn't say that was that was my thing. Invalid. Invalid, invalid. <laughs> so I gave you three right. there. <laughs> okay, cool. Mads, uh, I want to hear it. Yes, so not less than a hundred bucks. Is it a book? Is you're a good book recommender? I love books, but I would actually say it's something else. So if it's under a hundred bucks, that kind of limits all of my fun biohacking tools because they're all more expensive. <laughs> so, but I would say for, for under a hundred bucks, it's at least for making the biggest difference is something as simple as and boring as a calendar meaning a physical piece of paper where I lock in my habits of meditation exercising. I think that's the only thing that's less than $100. Everything else is a lot more expensive. But um, that's made a difference because I'm following the kind of advice of never miss twice. So you can miss one day, but you never miss two days. And I've been doing meditation for over a year now. And it took me three to four years to actually get in a habit of meditation. Awesome. But I otherwise, really like I love right, my red so, light. So da- Dasha just threw out an invalid answer. So is the red light the, re- the thing above $100 that yes, you would? I love my um, red light. It's one of those things that has so many studies and it just feels amazing as well. Like there's many of these, take supplements and so on, you don't feel the difference. But you can see it on your blood values when you get your blood test done and so on. But the red mm-hmm. light just instantly feels good for me. So that's something okay. I really enjoy. Okay. You know, I wrote down all the questions and I struggle with my answer to my own damn question. Um, (sighs) Okay, Uh, we can go a number of different ways here. So I'm just looking around in my little lab full of random shit. And so uh, as I knock everything over. So first thing that comes to mind, and it's probably just coming to mind because I was just talking with like the world's foremost expert on nicotine today. Um, And just sort of as a once in a while use case, I've found nicotine to be fascinating. Um, Just because I grew up uh, in the Midwest in the United States, had parents who were smokers, but God forbid their kids ever be smokers. Um, did was a little naughty kid for twelve when I was twelve years old. Stole a bunch of cigarettes and never smoked again. But I, as a result, demonized nicotine. And you know, this year have come to find that there are benefits of to it, and also that if you regulate it well enough, you don't have to become addicted. Now, there are people even in this space that we all exist in that do say they're not addicted to it and you'll see them hit five, six sprays a day. Now, um, 
This is one milligram spray, by the way. And so I've found the the molecule that is nicotine to be fascinating and the spray, which is less than a hundred bucks, um, to be a very interesting one. The second one uh, is something similar to, um, to you guys in terms of just something unexpected uh, was just having a paper journal. And so Again, going back to being younger and thinking like Dear Diary was not the way that I necessarily want to represent my youth. And, and now I'm sort of like embracing it. And so every morning starting, anymore. I'm still young at heart. <laughs> um, so, you know, every morning just hitting like the three points of gratitude, person, place, object near me, right? And then over the course of the day, if I have something running through this crazy mind of mine, I will write it down. And so if you pick it up and try to read it, yeah, it looks like just, um, it looks like, what's the word? Like a Jackson Pollock painting in a way. But if you were to like, if you were to just look at its purpose, it's for me to take my brain and put it on a piece of paper so that I can actually focus and be present in the moment. So that's be, that has been incredible. Um, there's some few, few other things that we can get into, but in the interest of time. Do you find, just to pause you on that, do you find that you journal, so the gratitude component, is that a morning thing or an evening thing for you? Both now, um, just because I've admitted this many times, right? I have, uh, stress-induced sleep issues, right? And so th- given the amount of stuff that we're all involved in, it's not surprised sometimes that you would have a sleep issue as a result. Um, and so I found that having it, I used to do it just in the morning and now just having it in the evening to recap the day and say, you know, I may be going into saying like, oh, I didn't get this, this, and this done. Well, let's reframe that and say, okay, but I did do this, this, and this. And as a result, I have a much better sleep experience. All right, back to the sorting hat. Who's ready to join Gryffindor or whatever (laughs) those Harry Potter things? Okay. What wouldn't you do for a better life? So is there anything if there's is there anything that would be crossing the line for you? Hurting other people? Yeah. So but that's an okay. easy one. You, you took that you took that one like <laughs> different way than I expected. Uh, All right. I was going there there as well. So okay. yeah. So I actually if it's like okay. to live what wouldn't you do to yourself? Mm. I, I, so let me just start this off. If, if I'll give you guys a breather here to think, if you will, uh, about yours, and maybe I'll make myself sound reasonably okay in the meantime. Um, I, I have had the view as of late that if it doesn't kill me, maim me, shame me, or predispose me to a long-term addiction, I'm okay with it. There are certain things in the transhumanism world that I am slight, I'm looking at with a skeptical eye. And, you know, we all just watched the Neuralink presentation, right? And that is very, very interesting. But what happens when you put something in your body that is a foreign substance? We don't know. And so I have more of a skeptical eye about that. But other than that, I'm pretty much game for a lot of things. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um... Neuralink just equals Black Mirror to me. 
And there's a number of episodes there that just freak me out. Um, now, 15 years from now, I don't know how, when everybody else is going to have a chip and the three of us might be, or the two of us might be, um, that odd, odd people out, then who knows? Um, but for now it just, it just doesn't seem, I think a lot of this biohacking stuff we do because we want to get back to more of the natural side of things. Mm-hmm. Right. So and it's a very European approach to biohacking, by the way. And Dasha, for the record, is the one who's in the United States right now. Correct. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, but but they're in spirit. Um, yeah. So I think I think that would probably be one. The other one is, and now I'm going to go into the woo, I guess. Um, which just go for it. Which is energies. Thinking about and and negative energies, right? Um, I think we've all, regardless of what we believe or whatever, I think we've all had the experience where we have met somebody and just said, I just don't get a good feeling from that person. I'm not sure about that one. And maybe you can't put a, 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 a name on it. Um, but I think, especially within this space of psychedelics and, and being in a different state, in a state where you are more open to some of these energies, um, that... I'm just very cautious of that. And so when I see people willy-nilly just running and doing ayahuasca retreats or, you know, trying all these different things because Joe Rogan has tried DMT and, you know, all these different things like that. He's already done a documentary on right? it. Right? <laughs> um, you know, it, that is where I'm just cautionary to people and to myself as well. If I'm going, if I am going to journey with something or someone, then I want to make sure that it's it's people that those energies in, in that container are going to be positive. Yeah, that's very, very important. Set and setting, which uh, we can go into quite a lot with the entheogen worlds, but uh, yeah, set and setting are so, so important. Mads? Yes. You're hanging out in the background there. What are you thinking? So a lot of things. So um, I'm quite cautious about what I want to do to my brain. And with that meaning that I've never done cocaine or any drugs. So I'm a pretty happy camper. And, and I often get comments on that. And I don't really want to risk that. So things that can make a longer impact on my brain, that I'm not sure, like, what's the impact? For example, mushrooms and so on. Like, lion's mane and all the other stuff that doesn't have that impact. But be very cautious. I'm curious about some of it. But I'm also like, I'm not sure why I should do it. So for me, that's very much like, why are you doing these things? Um, is And what's the potential, what do you say? The potential cost and risk for doing some of the stuff um, that sounds pretty interesting and so on. I know several people that have done ayahuasca and different things and say it's like life-changing and so on. I'm like, I'm, I'm already feeling quite happy. I'm not sure I want to change that. And I don't, want, I don't think I want to take <laughs> that debt. I understand if... if you're often feeling stressed or something else, but but that you want, might want to do that bit. Um, I also have to admit that I haven't looked enough into the potential side side effects, right? Um, but yeah. the only thing is, we know that it hits people differently. Some people can do so many different things um, that doesn't affect them, and other people it's once. So, so for me, mm-hmm. that's one of the things I don't want to I don't want to jump into at least, or not where I am today. And I'm definitely on the I don't want to get a chip into my head. As it is right now, like the whole transhumanism, it's not really some, one of the things I'm looking into. But with that said, as mm-hmm. Dasha said as well, like you don't really know in 20 years, like where are we then? Has our perception 
completely changed, but my perception right now is that I definitely don't want a chip in my brain. Yeah. With that, I think we're universally agreeing that we don't want to be the first mover. Like I'm fine to be a guinea pig in most things, mm. uh, for, but being the first mover on brain chips or even human augmentation doesn't appear to be appealing to me. Mads, when you're ready to have the conversation on psychedelics, I know somebody that you can talk to. Yes. Um, and I'm happy to, happy to refer you to him. Um, <laughs> or just, you can call me. Yes. All right. So moving on to our next question here on the sorting hat. And we're getting through quite a few of these. Wow. More than I expected. Mm-hmm. So um, if I can come with one comment for the other one, I think it's also like, what would you sure. do for your health? And I remember reading uh, Tim Ferriss and he had certain things like what studies were saying and so on. And I'm not sure if I actually wanted to be quoted on this, Um, but he had one of the things that there were studies showing that um, if a man ejects a certain amount of time throughout his life, that can shorten his life. And he was like, there's many things that I will do and not do, but I'm not going to limit my amount of sex and so on just to live a half a year longer. So, so, so I think it's also like, what are you giving up for for getting those like small benefits? I think that's pretty important. And I, yeah, I don't tantra can be a tantra can be a huge benefit. My yes, friend. I've heard about that. I need to do a podcast mm-hmm. on that. If you know an expert, please let me know. <laughs> uh, I think that is a really good point, though. Also, by the way, Mads is um, oftentimes. So I, I, I'm electro hypersensitive, and I know that I know that the devices around me, the batteries just drain a lot quicker. Um, I know that I feel really horrible after being on a plane and I get a lot of people asking me, okay, well, why don't you just go and live in the boonies? And that, I guess that's, that's another component. What would I not do? I'm not going to change the quality of my life just because that again, like you're saying, Mads, this is going to give me an extra five years. It's I'm going to mitigate all the negative nonsense as much as I possibly can, knowing that, unfortunately, the one certainty of life is that we're all going to die. So, you know, it's just a matter of how do I how do I mitigate the bad, but then know that it's, I need to have some sort of, you know, electrical devices around me, unfortunately, to live in this modern world. Beautiful. All right, going back to the sorting hat. Does anybody else have a question or am I just going to keep pulling questions out of the hat, so to speak? What is, okay, how about this? What is something that your friends, your family think is absolutely bonkers that you do within this biohacking world? That they just look at you and shake their heads and it's like, I just, I can't get on board with that. Fucking everything. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You... This podcast is free free speech, by the way. So if you want to curse, go for it. Um, that does come up quite a bit. I think some of my recent forays into psychedelics in particular, uh, my family, I think there are certain people in my family that find it, are accepting of that and are very open to why I've explored that. And I had some very distinct reasons as to why. Um but there's other members of my family that say like, hey, I have a history of basically friends in high school committing suicide and there are psychedelics involved, right? Mm. And so, you know, they point to that person and say, oh my God, who are you now? Because you're doing all these things that you said you would never do. Mm. Um, so there, there's certainly 
I think that's the the obvious one for me. Fair. Fair. Mads. Yep. Just turning up some more light. Perfect for sleep. So I think when I started some of the stuff, the first time someone heard that I did a poop test, they're like, <laughs> you, you, did, you, you, you what? You took the poop up from your toilet? <laughs> that was definitely like, um, that was a big thing. Um, and now that seems so normal when you're in these circles, right? Like, oh, you got a microbiome test. But it's like, like You haven't done you- yours in three months? Yeah. It's like, oh. what? what? You Irresponsible. Been- yeah. Like take responsibility for your health. So uh, that was definitely like the first time I had to tell someone that uh, I digged up my own poop to get it tested to make sure that my health was doing well and that I could optimize. Mm-hmm. That was, I think that was the first big thing. I think neurofeedback that I played around with a little bit um, was mm. also something where people were like, you got what on your brain? Like what's going on? That was much more like one thing is looking into a red light and so on. That's kind of like, yeah, that's kind of weird, but you do that to animals as well, right? To get them to produce better stock and so on. So that was more natural or easy going. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Dash. Um, I, I just, I think it also, before I answer, um, the fact, I really love the fact that many of the conversations that I have nowadays within the people in the circle, you can easily bring up these types of things of poop tests and this, that, the other. And there's not, there's almost nothing that's sacred, which I think is kind of nice because. Oh yeah. I love this one. Because it, it's, I, I have found that my upbringing, it was very walled, right. Or the kind of the, if you think of a, an onion, right. And you're unpeeling the layers of the onion. I never let anybody come to the center of that onion and that vulnerability. Um, perhaps that's the Russian background, perhaps that, I don't know what, it doesn't really matter, I suppose. Um, but opening up that, that vulnerability and breaking down those walls, I find is one of the most beautiful things about this biohacking and, and health space. Um, anyway, that's not the answer to the question. Uh, the, I think the thing that I get is less, less about the, like the things that I'm doing and more just in general about the industry of like, wait, you, you're not a doctor and these other people that are in the industry, they're not doctors. So, you know, why do they know more than, more than the regular, like typical Western medicine, right? Or, you know, or that's not been proven or, you know, so I think it's, it's more than the, the, pushback that I get is on the mentality, less so necessarily on, on specific gizmos and gadgets. Like the gizmos and gadgets is just like, oh yeah, that's just crazy, whatever. It's a, it's a new thing, right? More so it's the, how, how dare you think that the system isn't actually accurate? And why do you think that these supplements, which are not FDA approved, these devices, which again, we don't know how they work, or maybe they're going to have detrimental effects down the line. it's like, well, yeah, but I mean, look at birth control, for example, I just did a post earlier um, and all the detrimental effects on that. And yet that's FDA approved. So obviously within our space, we, we have pushbacks on that, but I think that's the main thing that I get asked about of why do you think that this industry is actually any better than a massive conglomerate of a whole bunch of doctors um, in Western medicine? Very well said. We can talk about social cultural programming in a little bit, but 
Shall we go back to sorting hat? I say we go and we keep on this because it seems like you have, it it seems like you have thoughts on that. Um, Okay. One of the questions I was going to ask later, and we probably still will ask it is what are you working on right now? And going back to your analogy of unpeeling the layers of the onion, I started this whole journey as sort of like, how do you, how do I sleep less, work more? and look good naked, essentially. And that was awesome. a lot of exercise, a lot of a lot of playing with diets, some testing, et cetera. And then, you know, of course, my whole heart thing happened and I had to go fix that. So you unpeel layers of the onion and you start to realize that, you know, okay, sleep's important, you fix your sleep. Then you realize stress feeds into sleep and you sort of work on your stress thing. Um, eventually you come to a spot or I have arrived at a spot where it's just like, okay, what, why do I think like, and, and Mads, you're actually quite good at this, just sort of uh, the, the programs and the, uh, the words that play throughout your head, like why, why do they exist? And, you know, Mads is ticker. And so he's always positive. Right. And so why is that? And there's probably something in his upbringing that made that happen. Uh, but you know, I, I look at it and say, okay, why am I afraid to talk in certain scenarios? And, you know, one of the things that I actually think is it maybe biont hacking, not biohacking, but, uh, is something that you end up working on is this idea of how you think and why those, uh, the structures of your thinking exist. And so I ended up, very probably earlier this year when I saw you, Dash, in uh, Cali and ended up kind of delving into this whole world of why are, why do I think the way I do? And that kind of gets into this realm of social cultural programming. And so what I mean by that, these are uh, beliefs that you have that are instilled upon you by somebody else, by your environment that you live in. And so for me, upbringing was, you know, older brother, and there's something called schema therapy that people can look into about this stuff, Um, but also religion. And um, that one in particular and just sort of looking like, hey, I was baptized Roman Catholic, and then just really digging into, you know, you're subservient to this person who has gone through um, some sort of training to preach to you, right? And just sort of digging into why those things exist, why something like original sin means you're damned with the moment that you're born. And holy shit, am I going to have an explicit podcast here? But it's, you know, I started looking into these things and saying like, hey, these are these are real programs that are, are running a lot of people out there. And you can see it working in people. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are structures that no longer serve me. They no longer, you know, are helping me. And actually in the next journey in the onion for me is removing those structures. And part of it was probably like reading Nietzsche and getting in the whole concept of the Ubermensch, but Nietzsche had a little bit of an ego to him. Uh, And so, you know, looking at just those programs and trying to dissect those programs and say, why do they exist? Do they serve a purpose? And if they don't serve a purpose, then throw them out the door. How are you doing on that? I'm having fun. Throwing them out at the I, door. I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah. It, it's just, 
it, it's interesting once you observe it and you start to remove things, but also, I mean, it's not perfect, right? Like you've had these things since you were born or pre-birth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you start to remove some of these items and you're like, oh, okay, that feels good. But some, and then you kind of recognize when it comes to play again. And so I haven't figured out how to like blow them up, if you will, but I have done a fairly good job of just recognizing that they're there. Mm-hmm. Baz, do you have anything like All right, I want to interrupt our regularly scheduled friendly chat to talk about two things that I use on a daily basis these days. One is on my ankle right now, and one is something that I will take before going to sleep tonight. The thing that is on my ankle vibrating at this moment is called the Apollo Neuro. And you guys know that I am a fan of anything that can manipulate my state, whether it's to relax, wake up, or even just focus. I use the Apollo probably 60 to 70% of the daytime, so you know I'm a big fan. And the second thing that I want to mention is Neurohacker Collective's latest formulation. It's called Qualia Night, and you guys know that I've been a fan of Neurohacker really since the beginning when they had the original stack, and it was in two step one and step two formulations. I really, really enjoyed that formulation and I do enjoy Qualia Night as well. If you want to try Qualia Night, go over to neurohacker.com and use the code BOOMER. You'll get 15% off a subscription and they do discount those every once in a while. And you can get 10% off a regular purchase. And if you want to try the Apollo head to the show notes for this one. And I have a link there where you can get 10% off your purchase of the Apollo, which is possibly my favorite wearable of 2020. Do I dare say that? Let's get back to the show. that that you've now with age realized may not be the truth for you? Good question. So I start, so I think my journey has been different than two of yours. Um, there's definitely a lot of things that I have learned, but I started more from a psychological perspective when I was like 15, mm-hmm. 16, reading about that. And when I was 25, I started getting more into the whole health base. So so I actually think a lot of the, the mental um, models that I've learned quite early because I started reading the, like Tony Robbins' Dalai Lama quite early and I, and I did the exercises again and again and again. So I kind of, you can say just like those social models, I had the audio program from Anthony Robbins and a lot of people are laughing at me often that I'm, if, if someone says the biohacking is a cult, someone would say like I'm part of the Tony Robbins cult um, because I've been taking that reprogramming again and again listening to some of the things about how do you take control of your own reality? How do you look at the positive? Um, writing down a gratitude journal. All of those things, I think I've been very much focusing on them. And I've, I think a big thing for me was learning the gratitude journal. And I learned about that in 2013, where I started 
since then I've been writing down a gratitude journal. So almost every day, of course, there's some days I don't get to do it. I'm an imperfect human being as everyone else. And I think that's, and I kind of, I think I accept that it's very okay much. It's okay to recognize. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I, I don't think I'm that hard on myself. Um, I think everyone has challenges and we all make a lot of mistakes. So I think something that a lesson for me is that things don't have to happen as fast. So I've become much more patient once I've gotten older, um, that it doesn't really matter like a year here and there or like how fast you get to a point, you'll get there in time. I think that's the thing that I would have told myself earlier. But there is also something about when you're younger that if you get in, and that's something Tony Robbins talks about a lot, is that you get into that top, can you say kind of um, top 5% of something, you get a lot more opportunities. And and that just kind of opened doors. But then again, it doesn't really matter when you look at when you're 50 or 60 years old, you would probably have gotten far enough anyway. So I think that's important that don't rush it too much. Enjoy the journey. Yes. Mm. Beautiful. All right. Can I go back to the hat? Dash, do you want to add to this? I know, yeah. I know. Uh, oh, oh, you're kind of dodging the most controversial question that you seated. That's very nice. Excellent. So you're going to take the, I'm going to give you a question. You're going to be the first one to answer. Okay. Fine. No, we'll save that one for later. Um, oh, good. What is of importance? Oh, okay, fine. I gave you that question. I know you um, did. Uh, I'm going to take the question and answer the question that I want to ask, answer instead. Um, so, <laughs> the Dasha show. Here we go. I'm going to do the pol- I'm going to do the politician route. Yeah. Um, so, Seems to be trendy this time of year. Yeah. Right. Um, so, of importance, um, I think the question that I would shift it to was: is what is what is what is the question that keeps on coming up for me, right? Um, that over time keeps on being of importance, right? Is that, I guess, is that I guess how I would reframe that. And to me, that question, or the answer to that is, what is my purpose? And it keeps on coming up and keeps on coming up and keeps on coming up. Um, it came up during my Vipassana almost 10 years ago. It came, it comes up basically every time in my, in any time I journal, any, most of my gratitude stuff is, is kind of that. And lately what I've been finding with that, what is my purpose? What is my purpose on this planet during this life? Um, one, because of multiple versions, one version is my purpose is to be a mirror of light for somebody else. So I think that each of us has both light and dark in us. We all do right? Um, To deny that is naive. Uh, But it's the finding of that light and recognizing that light so you can shine it brighter and brighter and brighter. So uh, I had a friend earlier this week who basically was, was just saying, I really enjoy hanging out with you, Dash, because I like the person that I am around you. Right. And so going back to that purpose or that importance is I think my my version, besides, you know, wanting to to push forward on women's health, besides being really interested in brain health, besides being a, a sister and a daughter and all that kind of stuff that that I have, I think one of my purposes that I find joy in and I find importance in is how do I 
show other people their own light. That's what I would come to. Awesome. What do you guys think? Okay, well, does that mean you're going to announce an executive coaching business very soon? No, 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 none of that nonsense. Um, (laughs) Not nonsense, sorry, that was was a misstep. But I think it's just, yeah, it is, I think all three of us have a sense of grounding, right? A sense of, of, of weight to us and knowing our own versions of right and wrong, knowing our own versions of, of whatever we find to be the truth. So for example, Maz, this is a really easy example. He, his truth is finding the light or finding, finding the positive side of literally every situation. Anytime I call you Mads and I'm like, Mad, this is annoying or whatever, you always are able to flip it, right? Um, and that that is incredible that you're able to do that. The only reason you're able to do that is because you have such steadiness and such such a strong foundation. And so I think, and that from that foundation, then you can fly off and do your kite surfing things and go skydiving and be crazy and, and run around and be, you know, do whatever you're able to, like whatever is you as the essence of math, right? And I think that the more types of people we have like that who are who are just able to say, listen, I'm set and I'm sorted in who I am so that I can be the, the that next level of crazy. If we have people around us like that, then that, for lack of a better word, allows us the permission to go and be that extra crazy, right? So, Boomer, when you and I are walking around in Amsterdam, you know, doing random stuff randomly, like there was no, I think it's because both of us are so set in who we are that we're happy to just go with the flow mm-hmm. um so yeah anyway i don't know if that if that so it's not about executive coaching it's about staying true to who you are and showing that to other people so that other people also feel that they can be true to themselves now i'm trying to figure out how to flip your question onto mads because the original question got flipped when i asked it so dasha you have to ask a question of mads now and so Matt, what to what for you <laughs> what for you is of importance in this life? So many things. And thank you for the kind words, Dasha. I just wanted like so one thing is what you're born with. We know that in regards to happiness that might be fifty percent or sixty percent. There's different kind of studies on that. But a lot of it is also something like what you do. So I am quite positive and I often flip things to the positive side, but it's also a daily practice of being aware of it. And also surrounding yourself with people that are positive. I have a really good friend called Mark, who's always looking at the positive as well. And I can see when I'm around him, that also helps me, again, look more at the positive. Um, so I think it's important to say one thing is something you're born with, but there's so much that you can actually work on. And I've been working on this for like more than 10 years. So at least that shows that it works, that you can find more of the positive. <laughs> so I think that's, that's a pretty important point as well, that it, it doesn't just come natural. Like I have negative thoughts like every other human being. Like again, I'm an imperfect human being, but I really put in work to kind of find the positive meaning in everything, Um, which I think that was an important thing to notice. And what's, what's of importance in this life? So there's so many angles of attacking that, right? There's like, what should you what should you spend your life on when you hear one thing is being happy, but we also know like just doing things that makes us happy is not what creates meaning, and that meaning is actually the thing that matters the most for us as human beings. That if we have meaning what we're doing, there's the what's it called? Franklin, the a man search for meaning, a really known book. It's yeah. kind of like what really matters for us is finding meaning. We can be in a really tough situation, but if we can find meaning, we can we can still survive and we can have a good life, so to say. 
And then I think something needs to change away from the from the health talk and actually saying like we have this one planet without opening up a full Pandora's box. But I think we have a responsibility to kind of look into like what can we what can we do on a collective basis. Um, that's not to say that we can't have a fun life, but like what can we do to make sure that we leave this place for if we're going to have kids, that they also have a place to come. I think that's really something we need to focus more on. But we can't tackle everything at the same time. Mr. Boom. Okay, you're going to make me answer this question. Yes, um, please. All right. <laughs> so uh, if we're going to take the of importance and then we're going to spin that into purpose, right? Um, purpose became crystal clear to me when, you know, you have a doctor telling you a 95% chance of a heart attack when <laughs> at a relatively young age, right? Mm. Uh, and, and so if I expanded that purpose from just basically figuring out how not to die to then just looking at, okay, I had a fairly interesting career in finance fairly early on and then left it, focused on health for a bit and then was like, okay, what what are kind of the biggest problems that I can work on and try and just move the needle a little bit. And so the purpose really became kind of, okay, how do we kind of elevate this experience that is humanity, right? Because we're all walking around and there's a lot of people that are very, very unhappy. Not everybody is Mads, right? And I have to call Mads sometimes to remind myself to be like Mads. But, uh, you know, when you look at just sort of elevating the human experience, what are sort of the tools, the modalities, everything that you can play with? And I think, you know, and, and then you look at the net effect of that. And so when I look at, the areas that I wanted to focus on and see where I could have the greatest impact, I eventually arrived back at health, which is where I was working on in the first place. And my thought process there or hypothesis was, is that if you improve the health of people, uh, they will go on and make better decisions and they will be able to then knock on effect here, do things like save the planet, uh, which I think is where Mads was going with his last statement, right? And so if sustainability is is of question, right? So sustainability of the planet, et cetera, is of question. How can I, as one individual, start to help that? And so, I mean, that was originally how the pod, that's why I keep doing the podcast is because there's people that listen that give good feedback and all that stuff, right? And it's why we all are out there talking about this is because we want to help other people. Uh, Dasha, using you, your words of like reflecting that light so that people can be healthier, make better decisions, and hopefully that results in a greater good for, for this planet because, you know, we may face an overpopulation problem. We may face a lack of resources problem. But the best way that I know to uh, help fix those is to help people make better decisions. And the main catalyst to that is not to go eat McDonald's and get four hours of sleep every night of the week. It's to be in better health. And so you make better decisions when you're in better health. And so I wanted to be at that sort of nexus. And so I have this phrase. And it's just elevating the human experience. And then you, if you looked into what that actually meant, it's just through health. And that's something that I have to remind myself to connect to daily uh, because it's about a bigger vision rather than checking stuff off of my to-do list, which I'm a productivity fiend. So that can be a temptation sometimes. Yeah. And I like, uh, I mean, one, you've kind of connected both what Maz and I were saying, um, but then in addition, gone, gone back to what we were talking about with biohacking, which is 
what is the purpose, mm-hmm. right? If it's it's not the purpose of just trying all the gizmos and gadgets, it's to be healthier so that you can actually have a fuller life, so that you can actually be a a a source of ha- a kind of a source of good for your community as well. Because I know that if I sleep, you know, four hours a night, I'm a terror to be around. You know, you don't. I'm not a happy person. <laughs> Got to so get you some blue canatine. Solves oh everything. <laughs> <laughs> not if not if I take it after two thirty. Okay. Then I'm, then I'm no good. Um. All right. So. What's your Archimedes lever in performance? Meaning for you personally, what is the one thing that if you nail it, the rest of your day is going to be freaking incredible? Sleep. Sleep. Okay, that's three. Check the box. Easy question. All right, moving on to the next one. Uh, I'll save that one for later. Favorite book of the moment, not of all time, of the moment. Looking at my bookshelf. I know. So am I. Well, at least the books that are available to me right here. So but when you say at the moment, so like what I'm reading, right? I'm only reading one book at the time. Uh, that, aren't you just a little focused one? So, um. <laughs> so, so that would be like the current book that I'm reading, but uh, I definitely have like favorite book of all times. Okay. Let's go favorite book of all time for you. And then I want to hear what you're reading at the moment. Yes. And I think you can already guess it. Uh, and Dashi knows as well. It's Awaken the Giant Within. Tony Robbins. Yeah. Oh, of course. That's my number one. <laughs> yes. I like how both of us are like, oh, yeah, yeah, of you know course. <laughs> Second would probably be the, um, from Dalai Lama, The Art of Living a Heavy Life. Mm. Very nice. Very nice. Ms. Maximoff? Um, favorite book of all time, just because it just comes quickly to mind. Uh, it's a children's book, and it's called The Giver by Lois Lowry. Uh it's just wonderful. I read it when I was in fourth grade, and I keep going back to it every single year. Just love it. Uh, the book that I'm reading now should is be Awaken Young. the Giant Within. <laughs> we already I talked see, about you, that. You, you told me about this last I, year, and I still haven't read it. All the, of the other books that I recommended you that you read, you've been loving. Uh, the Pyramid Principle, the, uh, the Happiness Adventures, and so on. Happiness Adventures bomb. Um, yeah, basically anytime I need a new book, I. I usually come to one of the two of you guys. Um, I really liked Essentialism. I know, uh, Umer, you had Mr. McKeown, is it? Yep. On, um, that, was really, that was really quite good. And then I often don't do the one book rule that you know, Mads has in place, which I wish I could. A little bit of ADD. Um, mm-hmm. I usually have one book that's more on the kind of spiritual or religious or or woo side um and then one on um a fact or you know kind of looking into something specific on health um so right now estrogen matters is on is on my list for from a women's health perspective and then i'm reading i can't remember the name of the book but it's uh young um carl young who is it's like psychology from the east meets the west or something like that um i can't remember the the name of the actual title yeah i i I flipped through that yesterday when i was supposed to be on a podcast about that and that was uh was very 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 helpful all right you flipped through that as in i went to the section that i needed borrowed the phrases that i wanted and you know it it was helpful for contextualizing what i actually wanted to say because carl young's written it right so. I was going to say, if, you, if you've gotten to the point where you're flipping through young, then good on you. No, I'm, I'm not <laughs> quite there yet. Uh, I, I would like to be, 
considering <laughs> I, I like you, Dash, have stacks of books and they usually fall into different categories, right? Even, you know, I've I've even gone back into the dreaded world of business books these days. Uh, mm-hmm. And so they kind of fit into various categories. And so favorite book of all time, which may be shifting just because of how my my the calculus is working in my head, I guess, um, is the thing that comes to mind is Atlas Shrugged. And because when I was 22 in New York, coming home from work at 2 a.m. and then staying up till 4 a.m. just to read this freaking 1,100-page book, um, it really resonated with me at the time. And I still think that there's some very good points that Ayn Rand makes that stick with me. Um, but book of the moment, so just to give you a sense of what is stacked in various places in my household. So usually at nighttime, it's spirituality of some sort, uh, which could be the Vedas, which is very, very dense, um, or uh, the God delusion, which is may actually answer the question that uh, we're talking about here. And then, you know, from business standpoint, I'm getting back into economics and evolutionary game theory. So a lot of books on that and looking at sort of strategy and strategic thinking, but also David Rubenstein, who's the co-founder of Carlyle Group, came out with a book about leadership, which I'm just interested in anything that David Rubenstein does. So uh, I'll probably flip through that as well, or I'll listen to that. Um, and so the grand question is, is what is the favorite book of the moment? It's probably The God Delusion. And Richard Dawkins writes a very rational and eloquent argument uh, around organized religion. So I encourage people to check that out. And you can, like, you can look at it objectively and just sort of say, rather than coming into it with an emotion, just is it a good book? And I think it is. So. And that's the one that you had recommended with like the four guys that are having a conversation. So that's right? that's the four horsemen. That's slightly that's different. That's a very quick listen for anybody. That's kind of an intro to the God Delusion in a way because it's Sam Harris, Richard Dawkins, Daniel Dennett, and uh, Christopher Hitchens. And they are all talking about just sort of some of these social cultural programs, mainly religion, um, and what that is like in this moment in time. And so rather than pulling, oh, and I also am reading um, Catherine Shanahan's new book, which is uh, the, it's kind of a sequel to Deep Nutrition. And that's, that's a, Deep Nutrition is one of my favorite nutrition books of all time. All right. Any questions? Mads, you haven't come up with a question yet. I think we got really good questions already. So the okay. so one question, like what, what makes you guys really happy? What's the thing you found out the last like two years that makes you really happy and gives you purpose in life? Those are two different things. Oh, I guess they're the same, 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 different. Um, what, what, what gives me a lot of joy is having very open conversations. Yeah. That's what I realized. Being and vulnerable. Not, no, I'm joking. Yeah. I mean, it sounds I mean, it, so it fucking true. cliche. It really does. But think about it. Think about those moments when you've when you've just been thrilled, right? When you when you are sitting with your best friend, when you are sitting, just able to be who you are um, and not having to think. Um, which I think, to me at least, has been this conversation now. I mean, I know it's going to go out to a whole bunch of people, but it doesn't feel that way because it feels like I'm just chatting with some friends. Um, but that's because you, I'm able to let down that guard, yeah. right? Um, I think 
I think that's it for me. I mean, besides, okay, besides being out in nature and swimming, I mean, I'm, I'm, I love to be out on the beach or swimming. Um, just being, having my body in a body of water is joy. It's your joy. But other than that, it's just being around good people that I can feel like myself. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll echo that. So I'm just going to borrow what you said. We're going to say, okay, check. I agree. Um, but also I'll add to that learning. And so um, one of the reasons why I enjoy talking to both of you so much is because I always learn and I'm always in a state of like, I'm always in some sort of state of curiosity, right? And so whenever we chat, whether it be Mads and I late at night or on the weekend, Dash, you always get me in the, I either get you at like four o'clock in the morning, my time or late at night. Um, So, you know, I, I just love the idea of continuously learning and evolving, if you will. And some of the people I'm working with now, obviously, are just like incredibly intelligent human beings. And I just feel like I'm in a constant state of learning. So this year, in many ways, has been a an awesome experience in the sense that every day I'm learning something new. I may not always enjoy what I'm learning, but it does serve you at some point. And so connecting it back to the purpose always helps. What about you, Matt? So I think something that's, so echo what you guys said, of course, but something that's new for me the last two years um, is sauna and cold water. That's, oh. that was a, that was a surprise to, to learn. So of course, yeah, it just gives the sudden, there's that certain feeling in your body. It's just the pure happiness. So that's been, a, that's been a new one for me the last two years. And then of course, I have the same things as you guys, finding something that provides meaning, being with good friends, honest conversations where you share something, seeing my little niche or my nephew now, it's just fantastic. She's already a little big boss. My niece buzzing me around, it's only four years old. But uh, some of those things that we all know, being out in nature and so on and being active. But uh, the sauna is new, the sauna and cold water. Okay. Um, This may or may not be the last question. We'll see how it goes. Uh, how has lockdown benefited you? You like how I flipped that to the positive, by the way, right, Mads? Yes, I noticed that. <laughs> you start, Boomer. All right. So uh, <clears throat> history, right? So moved to Singapore at the age of 25, spend way too much time on a plane to the point where I'm actually still living off of my frequent flyer miles. Um, and have traveled, I've like had been fortunate to travel all over the world. But by virtue of the fact that I have before this lockdown not spent more than three weeks in any single city in what, eight or nine years, uh, that probably was kicking some dust underneath the furniture, so to speak, in terms of you know, dealing with uh, just personal issues, but also uh, I always felt like I was on the go leaning forward. You're always preparing for that next trip and what it's going to be like when you're on the road. And when you're always preparing for you on the road, you're not actually dealing with what you're doing in the moment. And so just having some sort of bug or virus, if you will, tell me, hey, you can't go anywhere. Well, at first it was freaking nerve wracking as hell. Um, but then you start to, you start to realize like, oh, wow, there is this, there's this beautiful city that I live in, um, which I didn't appreciate at all. And, you know, there's these 
these like moments, these conversations, and I don't have to always be in a rush to do something. And so uh, if I'm going to summarize my entire diatribe there in like one sentence, it's to slow the fuck down and to enjoy the journey. And so this is something that has come up consistently throughout this conversation is like finding the art of enjoying the journey. And it's only taken me till I'm 34 years old and for a global pandemic to happen, but kind of set in this year. Maz? Focus time. So I have a really interesting uh, day job, you could say, or not just day job, uh, where I work with building new health companies. So that's super fascinating. Um, But there's also a lot of people and a lot of tasks coming in. So COVID gave me the opportunity of having a few hours focused on the same task, and that's just blissful. Like the feeling is just focusing fully on one task and just like something that can make a difference learning about something. That has been absolutely fantastic. Something that really makes me happy. Thanks. What about Uh, you, Das? Yeah, she's been hiding. You got to get... Ditto and ditto on both of what you guys just said, obviously. I think all of us have traveled um, extensively for work. And so it's probably the going back to Ayurveda, right? The vata, the air. It's, it's, this is more the, the kapha. This is the grounding. This is the, we are all being forced to be grounded, which is, which is very good in the ways. Uh, for me, for me, it's been, this past year has really made me focus on the similarities and the differences between how each of us in, is taking this on, right? So, I've noticed with certain friends that I find that I'm a lot more stable in in air quotes, right. Than they are um, in terms of this amount of stress with other friends. I find I'm, I'm completely not right. I'm I'm the other one. I'm the other way. Um, So recognizing for me, it's been recognizing that this experience, which is the same experience across the board for everybody in that we are in a pandemic um, that that experience is, impacting people very, very, very differently, Um, which is a really obvious statement, I know. Um, But something about that and realizing that um, we all have different fears and how those fears are coming out. It could be that one day, you know, it's the fear of not having toilet paper. It could be the fear of not having food in the the grocery store or where you're going to get your paycheck from. Or, But so to me, it's been a really beautiful sitting with, going back to the sitting, right? Sitting with understanding or evaluating or recognizing fear and what that looks like within me. Um, my, my family has had a number of health issues this past year. Um, seeing how, if before that fear, I would have pushed down. Now I'm willing or ready or open to truly embodying that fear and saying, okay, what is this? And why do I need to learn from it? And why am I waking up at three in the morning and having a complete breakdown um, where I'm sobbing like the little kid and like, (laughs) you know, the little, little kid crying. Um, But it's, so to me, it's been, this year has been a true exploration of fear. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think I'm going to end. Like, I think it's going to, be a continued evolution, but it's that unpeeling of a layer. Beautiful. Okay, last question for everybody, and we'll go around the horn in sort of rapid fire style. What's your top trick for enhancing focus? 
and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a, a pill or a capsule mads what's say sleep honestly like get some proper sleep second one remove all of those distractions so i don't have notifications coming up all the time my phone is almost always on flight mode unless i know an important call is going to come in that i want to get notified about so really removing all of those distractions and then so that's why i can't get a hold of you yes that's why when i call i'm like oh man it's endless phone tag with mads yes it's always back and forth but like my phone is Probably like 10 minutes a day, maximum on sound. Um, so I'm, I'm focused on the test that I'm in. Otherwise, you're also like constantly looking at your phone. So I, I often put it away physically. I know I sound like a big hippie, but I think that's not that bad of a thing. No, you're productivity mensch. Mensch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, those two. Is is the best, right? Um, I mean, yeah, you could go the nootropics, you could do all that stuff. Um, so, from a nootropic standpoint, it would probably be transcriptions, um, and that's not because I'm staring at Mister Transcriptions in Europe, um, but it does. It it works stupidly well. Um, coffee, um, Apollo. Um, I mean, in terms of gadgets, I think um, from a focus standpoint, besides, I, I think those two tricks that that Maz, you were just talking about that, those are my top two, but um, it's probably also just lining up to understand what is the thing that you're doing, on, doing where does that fit into the, the big scheme of things and why is it of importance? Um, because otherwise it's just like, oh, well, I just need to get this done. It's like, no, where does this fit in? Yeah. Music is pretty important, I think. Yeah. Yep. We're probably all doing that as well. For me, like getting in the right state. No, not you, Dash. I hate music when I'm working. I'm the I'm the opposite opposite. When I was a kid, I would always go to the library, and I just need pure quiet. Yeah. Um, so unlike, so, yeah, the, like law school. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. I'm but the opposite of many like many folks in our generation. I feel like a lot of people like throw on music, and that just gets them in the zone. Yeah. Um, I, again, I don't know whether it's it's brain injuries or whatever, but it's the, I need to do one task at one time. Um, and mm-hmm. the one task is doing that versus trying to listen to music at the same time. But that's what I found, that it actually doesn't work for me. Uh, three, from sleep meditation exercise. And if I get all three of those before I start doing anything or checking my email in particular, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a lights out good day. So uh, that's good. Okay, fuck it. I, I want to ask one more question. <laughs> are you guys okay with one more question? Yes. You guys, are you guys okay on time? Uh, we're good for another half hour, uh, so yeah. Oh, shit. Then don't don't tempt me. Um, what do your mornings look like right now? And uh, this isn't the best ending question, but I want to know what your mornings look like because both of you, well, Dash, occasionally I talk to you in your morning, but... Um, I imagine you guys both have some morning, interesting morning routines. Maz has good ones. Go, Maz. Well, so mine just changed uh, a week ago because the temperature changed. So my morning routine right now is uh, I wake up. Of course, I have my uh, Philips lamp that starts lighting up the room. I uh, either snooze at once or I get up. I open the window. I look up into the air as the first thing to kind of see the the light from the sky first. I do a proper breathing, do some stretching. I'm not that flexible. That's something to work on. And then I go to the toilet, pee, drink water. My phone is still on flight mode at this point. 
So I sleep with my phone on flight mode and it's in my living room or in my kitchen. And then I turn on my red light, uh, a big red light that I have that I set up against. And then I turn on to meditation. And that's how I start my day. And then after that, I turn on my phone. Um, two weeks ago, when it was a bit warmer, it would be going down to the water straight away and uh, jumping in the water or meeting with someone to exercise. But uh, Denmark is getting cold. You should be doing it more often. You like the cold water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with a sauna. With a sauna. With the sauna. Not, the sauna is not coming up for another month and a half. And then a new routine again. Swimming, sauna. Cool. I mean, it's important to change those too, right? Like, it, it, it is okay. I think there's people out there that try to keep the same routine for years or just stack things into their routine to the point where it takes up half their day. So it's so probably not the I still go swimming once in a while and I'll like, okay. I just need a little bit longer in the morning. Um, so this last two weeks has been more work than normally. So, uh, so I haven't had like that full hour in the morning to just exercise, swim and so on. I haven't prioritized that. I prioritize sleep as the number one thing. Mm. What about you? <laughs> um, hmm. I imagine so a lot of tick. Uh, is there a lot of tech in the morning? Um, not necessarily. So the first thing I usually do when I wake up is meditate or drink a glass of water and meditate. Um, after meditate, I will do the whole journaling process and start to really sort of look at my day and say, okay, what possibly is my priority for the day? This is before I check Slack or Teams or whatever sort of device. Um, and then I start different music. So there's, there's some interesting stuff that is, uh, there's like a Hindu prayer with a rhythm in the background as I'm walking around that is actually shown to calm you. And then after that, I'll go through a sequence of just kind of like upbeat, almost motivational music that you wouldn't expect. And so let me, let me give you a couple of those tunes, uh, so one of them is I Want It All by Queen. Uh, the other one is Defying Gravity from the Wicked soundtrack. And the third one, which is my current jam, is uh, My Shot from the Hamilton soundtrack, which is like three songs that I never thought I would ever listen to. And so I'm doing that as I'm kind of progressing through the planning of the day. Once that's all done, I will start reading something. And if I could do a little bit of reading before I dive into the proverbial matrix, uh, that helps. And that reading is usually something very challenging, uh, which right now is evolutionary game theory. So that's, that's my morning and... Maybe I'll go walk for a walk in nature too. I love that you get Let, songs in, and there's nothing wrong about cheesy songs or motivational songs. I mm. used to listen to a bunch of those uh, super cheesy videos with like, how hard do you want it? Not the wrong yeah. for the conversations. The, the, but the you know YouTube the one where, video? Yes, yes, the one where he goes to the beach and uh, he goes swimming and uh, yeah, he almost drowned. But um, some of those kind of videos, I got I to gotta admit yeah. that I really enjoyed them. I don't listen to that any longer. I should probably get yeah. that into my uh, daily routine again. But it's it's like, for me, it's just a reminder to speak up, right? So if you look at the lyrics of each one of those songs, it's rather than sit back like, hey, speak up, kid. It's okay. Um, and yeah, that's fun. Miss Maximoff. 
Can I ask? Can I ask a favor? Can I get sure. playlists from both of you guys? Like, <laughs> like, I feel like I want I want a Spotify playlist of the chill, like the prayer ones, and then I want the motivational ones because I'm not going to go out and find them, but I'd be really interested to have them. Yeah, people start following you on Spotify. That's gonna it's the new Instagram. So I used to have my MP3 player that didn't allow for that many songs. Hmm. Yeah. So I had probably like ten of those motivational songs and then like 10 other like real songs. So that was like when I was going for a run and so on. So that going back actually to the social programming boomer, I think I've, I've been lucky to get a lot of the more positive social programming and by listening to it again and again, I could like, I could probably tell that better than singing a song because I remember the lyrics better. Mm -hmm. I'll spare you from that today. Next episode, next episode, next episode, I'm just going to be wrapping it. Yeah, you know there's going to be a round two, so. (laughs) Um, So I don't don't think I'm as, uh, I'm not, I wish I was more strict with my mornings um, because they are, yeah, they they are the best times. Um, I find that being on the West Coast is really, really detrimental to my mornings, to be very frank, um, because I have... People that I want to talk to, like the two of you and my family who's in Europe, um, and the morning time is the best time. Um, So before I was very, very protective of it. Um, When I was living in Boston, where I was in London, um, and, and yeah, that was just my sacred time. Now it's not as protected, but if it was, uh, or if when I was in Boston, what I would do is I would wake up in the morning um, and nice. it was nice because the sun would come straight into my room um, and I would stare at the sun. Um, the first hour of the sun specifically, it, it was, it's something that I started when I was in India um, and it's, yeah, I just love it. I love seeing that, that, that ball of gold just kind of rise up um, and I'm not burning my retina. Um, and that for me is kind of also the, the moment of, of meditation or the, the, that time of meditation. Um, what I do here now is I will usually wake up and um, kind of try and sit in, you know, when the, you know, those first moments of waking up when you're not yet awake and you're still asleep and that kind of that in-between land um, when I think your default mode network hasn't yet like completely turned on. Um, I try and sit in that as much as possible, um, either remembering a dream or just wallowing in it. Um, and I just, I like it. I just like that. Um, then I usually will, uh, again, I'll try and me- I'll, I'll be meditating Um Either and usually that's a question that I'm thinking about, um, or I'll if I'm if I'm not too if I'm not too focused and I I really like the waking up app um, with Sam Harris. Um, I think he does a beautiful beautiful job. Um, and then yeah, I'll try and read something um, or journal um, one or the other before turning on turning all of that on. Um, I used to have a very good yoga practice in the morning. Um, past couple of weeks, I haven't, and I feel the detriment. Um, I feel that I'm actually more stressed. Um, but it's one of those little niggles of, oh, I don't, I don't have time. I need to, you know, I need to start on my work, right? I know that the emails are coming in or that they already have been in. They're sitting there for hours. Um, so I need to get started. So it's, I need to see that little voice and tell her to shut up um, and take more time for myself in the mornings. So thank you, Boomer, for telling me or asking me the question that I know I need to do something about and <laughs> an upgrade. Uh, what are you looking forward to most at the with the rest of 2020? One quarter left. 
What do you think? And this will be the final question. For it to be over? No, I'm talking. <laughs> uh, what am I looking most? Um, I have a friend who's going to be coming to visit, um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing her. Um, Kiki Bosch, if anybody is aware or knows her. Um, she's just a joy. So, yeah, being surrounded by somebody good. Um, and I will probably be going down um, to visit some friends down in L.A. as well. Um, so fun, as the world starts to open up, I'm, I'm realizing how much, again, I learn from others. So choosing specific individuals that I, that I know are safe that, you know, haven't been licking the edges of grocery carts and getting COVID. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm making that up. Um, but yeah, vi- visiting people who I really like. Mr. Freeze. It is a project that I'm working on right now, which is kind of a baby for me, one of the companies. It's a, a, well, a, a virtual well-being companion. So uh, it's changing name right now, but I guess when this is out, they will, we might be able to put a link. But basically, it's, um, it's chatbot based on cognitive behavioral therapy. And we're helping people that are having a hard time to look at their thoughts in a different way, to restructure them. So things as the gratitude journal that we talked about and um, getting that out to more people. Uh, talking to the users we've had some of the like user conversations already and that's when we talked about meaning and so on like when you hear a person that's having a hard time telling them how something as simple as uh, some digital device that you were part of building is impacting their life and looking at the feedback from more than 400 people that are saying like 90 percent actually thinks it's, it's helpful like adding those numbers to a higher degree and really seeing that impact that's that's one of my biggest things for 2020 and anyone who's listening to this right now, just go and watch the YouTube video and just watch Mads' face light up when he's talking about this. So, Mads, what's the name of the company? Can you tell us the new name? Because it won't. This won't be out until mid to late October. We are right now figuring out what we can uh, we can get trademarks for. So, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, fair enough. Um, all right, I guess it's mine. What about <laughs> so, you? Uh, Last month of 2020, what's been interesting is I, I've just found this like an interesting. 2020 has been fascinating to me in that it was everything that I didn't expect and so much more. Like you started out with a plan in 2020 and you threw that shit out the door in February, right? And and I did. And what's been funny is just growing to love the uncertainty or try to fall in love with the uncertainty is probably the more imp- appropriate phase. And so I look forward to Q4 bringing more uncertainty and finding ways to live, thrive, and just be positive in that uncertainty. And I think this is sort of going to be a continued journey. And yeah, that's, that's what I look forward to most the rest of 2020. Uh, yeah, there's going to be some cool products that I'm going to launch and that's great, but I look forward yeah. to just figuring out how to live with all the uncertainty. It's a good one, especially for you who really likes the certainty. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> all right. Where can people find out more about you guys? Ladies Mads. first. Okay, yeah, we should do that. Uh, so I run Wealthco, 
women's health community. It's whealth.community. Uh, it is a women's platform um, specifically for women biohackers and health optimizers. And we have a forum there. We have a number of amazing experts uh, that talk about specifically about things within this biohacking world specific to women. Um, so there's a forum, you can ask questions. Um, so I would go there. Um, the Instagram is at whealth.co. Um, I'm also on Instagram at underscore dash of health. Get the pun. <laughs> um, yeah, those two. Great. Mr. Freeze, where can we find you? Yes, either on LinkedIn or Instagram. LinkedIn, Mass Mishak Fries. I'm not going to try and spell that. I think we can get a link in the show notes. <laughs> and Instagram is Mass MF, so M A D S M F. And then the podcast, Growth Island. So growth as growing and an island like a wonderful place you can go. Growthisland.io are probably the two places. And if you're interested in building ventures when in health, you can go to Kring. We'll put them in the show notes as well.com. Uh, that's where we're building companies and we're always looking for, for co founders. Beautiful. Friends, it's been an absolute pleasure. I wish we could have done this in Portugal, but yes. we're gonna we're gonna make that happen. I think maybe by the end of the year, or if not early next year. Hopefully by my birthday we can all get together. November time frame. Okay. Yes. I like that idea. I may actually be in your neck of the woods in November. So we can try and make that happen. <laughs> Good times in the boom boom room. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> to everyone, all of you superhumans listening out there. Have an absolutely epic day, and thank you for listening. Peace. All right, superhumans, occasionally I like to change it up on you. So let me know what you thought about that format for the podcast. It's always great having friends like Dash and Mads on the show to just discuss all well, the common things that we're dealing with. I hope you enjoyed the open conversation, and I promise to click record on more of those in the future. If you enjoyed it, share it on the social medias, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, wherever you are. Tag Decoding Superhuman, Mads, Dash, or myself, and let us know what you think. The show notes for this one are at decodingsuperhuman.com slash trio, that's T-R-I-O. Have an absolutely epic, amazing, insert your adjective here, that is positive, day. Sayonara. Sayonara.